rising on an emerging generation of kings. how you relate at home. You know, a lot of people don't realize that what we're teaching today, what we are dealing with today is one of the central elements that will govern what God can trust you with on earth, right? A lot of us have this mentality and ideology that is how well you sing or pray in tongues or pray in the spirit or teach or preach that determines your walk with God. But if you notice, the man who was a demoniac, right, in the book of Mark chapter 5, that man who was a demoniac, the word says that Jesus, after he healed him, he said, go to your family. He said, go home. So the first place where the Lord actually tests your Christian capacity or Christian conduct or your commitment to Christ is not really in the marketplace or in the church. It's really what's your reputation at home and that's also why the enemy does everything he can do to compromise your marriage to compromise your dealings with your parents your family uh, your loved ones and when you get to have children with your children so a believer is not yet operating the full possibilities of reconciliation and redemption until he's able to carry out the tenets of redemption on the family front look at somebody say we're in for it this morning Right, so we're going to look at, I'm going to be very tutorial this morning um, because it's a very instructive message and for some of us it might be sobering, but the idea is not for you to be sober, the idea is for you to align with God's template and I just felt like running a family series would not be complete without dealing with family squabbles and the challenges that many of us have had, are having, or will have. Why? Because disagreements are a part of your walk with men. Glory to the Most High God. Can your voice go up a little bit? Glory to the Most High God. All right, so there's a long passage, and I'm going to have to make a judgment call as to how far we read. All right, let's take you from Genesis 32. And I'll just create the context. Some of us know the story, but some of us might not be so familiar, so I might have to share parts of it. Lord, we'll receive your wisdom, your humility, and your grace this morning. Not to believe that this message is for somebody else, but to find ourselves in the word and by the impartation of the spirit of truth and the spirit of Christ, that our hearts are healed and that we are ready and eager to forgive and to be reconciled by your spirit and your grace. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Genesis 32, the word says from verse 1, So Jacob went on his way. Watch that. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's camp. So he had an angelic visitation, and he called the name of the place Mahanaim. Then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom, (laughs) the porridge eaters. And he commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my Lord Esau. Thus your servant Jacob says, so observe this now, your servant, see the posture of Jacob, 
my brother is offended we're not in good terms i got the birthright in a common manner even though there was a prophecy about my life um but i'm coming to you now not with arrogance or you know i'm the person who got it right he said your servant so he sent emissaries he sent uh resources ahead he said your servant Jacob, I'm your brother, right? But I understand that our relationship is not working quite well this time around. So I'm taking the posture of a servant. I'm not taking the posture of an innovator, culture shaper, leader, influencer, authoritarian, dictator. No. Your servant Esau, rather your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female servants, and I have sent to tell my Lord, so he calls him Lord, that I may find a favor in your sight. Then the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau, and he also is coming to meet you. How many people does he have with him? How many people does Esau have with him? Shout it. How many people there? Shout it louder. How many people there? Oh, 400 men are with him. So what was Jacob's reaction to this? Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And he divided the people. Side note, fear will cause division. Fear will lead to division. He was afraid. So some of the most divisive people at home or at work or in church are dealing with a secret fear. When somebody wants to break up a church, break up a relationship, break up a business, break up a partnership, many times there is something that they are afraid of. There is some area of insecurity in their lives. So divisive people are oftentimes scared people. Is somebody following this now? And I hope somebody's taking notes. This is so important. That person at work that is always spreading gossip and rumor, he's afraid that everybody's going to get ahead of him, that he will not get the promotion, he will not be the perfect person, or that she's going to die single. So she wants to break up everybody's relationship because fear does not multiply the purposes of God. Fear divides the potential of man. So now he divides his own herds and his own flocks. Divided people that were with him and, and camels into two companies. And he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the other company, which is left, will escape. In other words, he's saying, let me split my resources in two because now that Esau is coming with 400 men, he's going to attack one of the companies. So if he attacks one, at least I will have, you know, half my assets. And don't forget, he had worked for how many years to get those things? How many years? More like 20 years. 20, 21, 20, 21 years. Because there was the six years he had worked, and then it worked seven years for a wife, and then it was given somebody who was not the wife, and then he had to work another seven years for the real wife. So he had worked 20 years and was afraid. Verse uh, 9, it says, Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your family and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand 
hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So he lodged there, same night, took what came to his hand as a present for Esau. So he took a gift for his brother, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes and uh, 20 rams, 30 milk cows with a colt, uh, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 foals, 10 donkeys. Then he delivered them to the hand of a servant, every drove by itself, and said to his servants, pass over before me and put some distance between successive droves. And he commanded the first one saying, when Esau my brother meets you and asks you saying, to whom do you belong and where, where are you going? Who are these in front of you? Then you shall say, they are your servant Jacob's. It is a present sent to my Lord Esau. And behold, he also is behind us. And so he commanded the second one, commanded all the different people and he wanted to appease him. Now got an encounter with him from verse 22 but when you go to chapter 33, the next chapter, where he literally saw Esau from verse 1, he said, now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming, and with him 400 men. So again, he divided the children, as Jacob divided his children, anticipating that Esau was going to kill him, destroy him. He crossed over verse 3 before them, and he bowed himself how many times? Are you seeing the posture for reconciliation? Are you seeing the posture? Why are you so quiet? Are you seeing the posture? What's the posture? Humility. What's the posture? Surrender. What's the posture? Sobriety. What's the posture? I'm not here to fight. What's the posture? Self-sacrifice. This is the reason... Your development as a man of God is not complete without offense. Many times when man offends you, is God testing you. Your development is not complete. You cannot be entrusted with the mysteries of redemption without being given an occasion for reconciliation. As a matter of fact, the person who does not sacrifice himself for reconciliation does not really understand the heart of the gospel. Oh, is somebody here this morning? No matter how well you preach, no matter how great you sing, no matter how much you give, if you cannot forgive, forget the true treasures of the gospel. And so you see all these efforts, but guess what happened in verse 4? Who ran to meet Esau, or rather Jacob? Esau, the offended, ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. Where else do you see this in the Bible? the prodigal son the same sequence he went back then and wept and he lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and Esau said who are these with you so he said the children whom God has graciously given your servant then the maid servants came near they and their children bowed them and, Le and Leah also came with her children and the bowed them afterward Joseph and Rachel came near and the bowed them then Esau said what do you mean by all this company which I met and I said these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord but Esau said I have enough my brother keep what you have for yourself 
Jacob said, no, please, I have, if I found fever in your side, then receive my present from my hand, inasmuch as I have seen your face as though I have seen the face of God, and you were pleased with me. Please take my blessing that is with you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. So he arched him, and he took it, and Esau said, let us take our journey. Let us go, and I will go before you. Somebody say amen. Jacob and Esau present to us one of the strongest pictures of sibling squabbles in the Bible because we understand that their squabble, watch this, did not start outside of the womb. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Some of you have siblings. How many of you have siblings that can annoy you for a living? You're like, this person does not even need employment because they're already fully employed in the business of annoying me. Come on, wave your hands and give God praise. Let your pain rise as a wave offering, as a heave offering this morning. You have that brother who is a specialist at getting on your nerves. He is not a medical surgeon, but he knows where all your nerves are. He's not a neurosurgeon, but he knows exactly what nerve will fire off the pain at the deepest parts. I don't know where this Yoruba expression is coming from, but there's something they call Akiyamiara. In other words, the deepest parts. Oh, who knows what I'm talking about this morning? Like that part that when the touch is like you know, if there's anything that is the opposite of you, that's tormenting you, afflicting you, that your belly will be churning and turning like milk that's about to become butter. Siblings like that who fight you. As a matter of fact, sometimes even when they're trying to advise you, it's like fights. It's for your uncle, though. It's like, you know, calm down. War is it? War happen. We have siblings like that. Every joke is found offensive. You cannot even joke with them. Siblings like that. That you expect things from them. But they are the ones sabotaging you. Sabotaging. You know, always bad mouthing with daddy and mom. Some of you grew up in the middle of politics. That's why when we say get involved in politics now, you're like, I've been involved in politics from when I was a child. You already had a party. <laughs> MSP, Mommy's Support Party. Right? And some of you have PPP, Papa's Partial Party. Right? You had to navigate your ways through politics at home to get the big piece of meat or to be in daddy's good books. Now you have all those sibling squabbles, but guess what? You have those sibling squabbles outside of the womb. These two guys, they're the real deal. They're still fighting from inside the womb. Can you imagine the fights taking place inside the womb? They have been causing trouble from the mother's womb. That means every now and again, their mother would just say, boom, 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 boom. Towards that again. This is not just babies kicking. This is where babies fighting. Every baby kicks, I think from around 30 weeks or something like that. Babies start boom, 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 boom. Karate and Kung Fu. But these guys were fighting, wrestling from the womb. To the point, I believe, that the mother must have been so touched. Wondering what exactly is going on. Rebecca must have prayed or at least thought. And then God said to her, there are two nations in your womb. So please understand this. That whenever siblings are fighting, many times there are two nations. They could be imaginations. Uh-huh. 
There could be denominations. There could be procrastination. The fight is not really about individuals. It's nations of ideologies, nations of thoughts, nations of perspectives. Are you following this right now? Because some of you think you're dealing with a person, but it's not really the person you're dealing with. There's a psychology driving what they're doing. And part of the psychology is actually ingrained, watch this, in their DNA, in the way they process things. So for some of you, you picked certain things from your mother, and some of you picked certain things from your father, and what you hate about your brother is what your mother dislikes about your father. Are you following this now? Because we need to have understanding so you're not just dealing like Do you get that? So, so when they were the D-Day, you should have seen the D-Day when they're going to give birth. I'm coming off as no, I'm coming off, I'm coming off now. The Bible says that Jacob grabbed the heel of the brother. Can you imagine? Like you're not making progress in this life. Some of you have certain siblings that are so competitive that whenever you're about to launch your business, they grab your heel and show you something that you're not doing right. Isn't it amazing that some of your family members are the first to tell you that your business will not work? And sometimes some of them are bold enough to say it verbally, but sometimes they say it attitudinally. <laughs> so, so this business that you're doing, <laughs> I'm not saying anything, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who asked you question? <laughs> so you're getting an office in Lekki. <laughs> it's okay. And, and anything you say, anything. <laughs> Shabi, you've prayed about it. If anything, I don't don't call me. Oh, I've said my own. <laughs> Grab your heel. Now, now, Esau comes out, and that's not all. Now, Esau is the firstborn. And some of you are firstborn. You are bearing the grip imprints of your younger ones. Every time you wanted to go to a private school, they said, sorry, you have to go to a public school. You know you have four people coming behind you, grabbing your heel. And even though you were very bright, it was like they were always trying to dull your shine. Are you, did you feel that? Grab your heel. Now he comes out and we see that Esau was the person. The Bible tells us that Esau was a gamer. He used to go outside. When I say gamer, not like a boiler gamer. But he used to go outside to hunt for deer. To hunt for animals. So he was the one doing the, the outdoor work. Sweating, grimy, greasy and all of that. The Bible says that Jacob was a homeboy. The fresh one. We just stay at home, chill a little while, sipping pina colada and chewing on goat's milk with freshly baked bread. The guy was a baller. Are you following this now? Because some of you have some of those siblings at home. You have the one doing all the hard work. Their own is to be analyzing the goings on at home, living the baby girl life at the expense of your own personal projects. Oh, if I'm talking to you, let me know it's you I'm talking. You are sweating like this grimy like really just giving your all but this person the way they snore for a living (laughs) 
10.30. When they went to bed by 10.30. So they sleep like 12 hours. And the remaining 12 hours, they are just walking around the house, not doing anything that will count for eternal value. Whose family am I talking about? Perfect, are you hearing this now? Now, by the way, some of you, you are the person I'm talking about. So, 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 so it's you. You will be forming spirituality in church. You can't find your shoes. Socks are in the kitchen. Cotton is in the toilet. Toothbrushes are inside the body cream. Collect your shade. <laughs> so this is important for us to have context for this now. So, so that you can understand the pain inside Esau. Firstborn, kind all the blame. You know, I can see the playing out now between Carmen and Ronell, right? So, Carmen so, takes the lead. He's the firstborn. Now, the interesting thing is, Ronell copies Carmen like all the time. Oh, I copies him. So, Carmen used to say, imagine this. I knew that this was from me. I'm like, I need to change my ways. We'll say, Carmen, go to bed. It's time to sleep. Maybe like 10.30 p.m. Do you know what he was saying some months ago? But, but sleeping is not my thing. Sleep is boring. I say, ah, that's from me. Because my wife has asked me, why do you hate sleeping? You don't like, why don't you like sleeping? So I've been telling Kenneth and B, I said, I want to start sleeping early. Let me start with 12 o'clock. That's early. Because I sleep by 2 or 2.30 or 3. Right? So I said, I need to start sleeping early. How can my four-year-old boy say, sleeping is not my thing. Sleep is boring. You see that? Influences, genetics. So I, I got to change it before, because Camille's son might start saying at six months. Sleeping on that thing, I think it's boring, very, very. Like, hey, because what goes on in the father is multiplied in the son. And it becomes exponential in the grandchildren. So some of you, the anger that you're manifesting in your flesh came from your grandmother. Now you throw slippers because she used to throw dagger. The throwing is still constant. It's what you're throwing that is different. So anyway, Camille was saying, slipper is not my thing. I think it's boring. As we were stunned, my wife and I were like, what? And my wife said, you see, this, this, this is from you. I said, well, I didn't start saying that until I was about 17 or 18 when I, when I caught the fire of purpose. And I was like, there's a lot to read, a lot to study, a lot. So I, I just became a voracious, habitual student of the word, prayer, and personal development, personal growth. And then night is my creative time. I said, I wasn't saying that at four. If I was sleeping so much at four, right? I was sleeping and wetting the bed, sleeping that deeply and making rain. Rain is pouring. Anyways, anyways, guess what? Ronel was there saying it. But I don't want to sleep. I think it's boring. 
influences. So now, some things that we correct can mean for, Ronelli is still doing those things, right? But the point is, Camino has possibly chopped, well, he hasn't chopped as much cane as Ronell because Ronell, you know, there was a time I had to pray for him because he broke quite a number of things. Well, I mean, he's a child, right? So he should break things because I used to do that as well. So no offense, right? But certain things we're, we're correcting in Carmine, Ronell is still doing, but he's going to find a way around it or grow into it. The point is, many times the firstborn chops the pankere more often than not. For different reasons. We understand from child psychology, if you get the first child right, the chance of getting the other children will be better. Why? The momentum you have from raising a good child gives you the impetus to invest more. You get in there. Number two, by modeling or example. Why? Because from peer learning. So there are certain things that Ronell is going to learn faster from Camin than from me. Because to him, I'm a man. You know, so when I, when I say to him, Ronell, Mr. Man, stop doing that. But I'm not a man. I'm a boy. I'm just Ronell. I'm not a man. So, so the other day, I said, I said to Carmen about three days ago, I said, uh, so, so I said to Carmen, I said, do you know one day you're going to be a man? He said, is that, is that really true? Is that really? I said, I said yeah, one day you're going to be a man. He said, daddy, uh, was you once a boy? Was you, I said, yes. Was you once a baby? I said, yes. I said, everybody was born a baby. They now said, so who is taking care of all the babies in the world? Anyways, <laughs> so the firstborn is going to carry all of that. Now, another reason is sometimes as you're growing and you're raising the family, after all, particularly those who have four, five, six children, you get tired. So the remaining three, they can break anything, you're not moved. So you grow up in homes like that. That's how coming our parents' generation, many times you were born last, oftentimes grow up a little spoiled. Because our parents had between four and six children. Raise your hand if that's true of your family. At least four to six. Yeah. That's what they had in their generation. Our generation is one to two. Or one to three. Right. But. You get tired and all of that. So Esau must have chopped a lot of bankera pain. Now he chopped Cain at home. His parents chided at him. Then he goes into the forest to go and catch game. And the game were afflicting him. The animals. You stay there, stay there. You've gone hunting before. How many of you caught uh, grasshoppers when we were little children? Gra just ordinary grasshoppers. Small. See how they disgraced you. Small grasshoppers. Who knows what I'm saying? Small grasshoppers. Boom. See, here's Esau. He's starting the antelope, and you have to watch them for sometimes like 20, 30 minutes before you fire. And once you fire, you can fire again for another one hour or so because the fire, the, the firepower of the gun has sent signals. Or in their day, they didn't have firepower. Once you launch that arrow, birds are going to fly. And when birds fly in a certain pattern, animals are going to know there's danger. So hunting was not, uh, just go there. It's not this generation where you do everything online. So you can hunt a whole zoo in 30 minutes on an app. They're playing a hunting game. <laughs> that was not, that's not real. You know, on social media, everything happens quickly. 
That's the problem of this generation. So when it's time to build a business offline, you're expecting it to happen as sharply. Because you can watch a whole series on Netflix in a day. So you expect that the whole world should watch the Netflix movie of your best-selling life in an hour. It's translated automatically. That's why many young people are frustrated. So you're doing the business six months, nothing is working. Or God stayed there for three years. What are you talking? Nah, I should have blown. I should have blown. Are you a balloon? Anyways, thank you media. So the boys grew. Esau was a skillful hunter. Invested time in honing his skills. And he would look at the game. Look at the game. The game would look at him. Game, game, look, look, look. Then the guy would launch the arrow. And slow a bit. Oh, there is shit. Frustrating. By the time he gets home, he's smelling. He's grimy. And don't forget, the Bible says it was hairy. You remember? Very hairy. Was what? Women, when you wear the additional hair on your head, and, and you know, you go inside Nigerian sun, you know how it, it gets? It feels like there's spiritual warfare going on. Are you, are you flowing with this? So this guy had hair all over his body. Maybe some ticks used to enter sometimes. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm sorry, sir. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to get it to see, sir. Are you seeing it? Boom. So now watch this. Show one of those days after he had gone through all this, you know, meanwhile, he'll get home. The Bible says that Jacob was what? He starts coming back, come back, come back. Jacob's like, what's up, E? Where's the game? See your mouth like game. I will slap you now, it's Jacob. Anyway, he was dwelling in the tent. Just chill boy. Instagram and social media, showing all the girls how fresh he is. So one of those days, Tifa, and the Lord said I should pray for you today, so I need to pray for you. One of those days, the Lord is going to restore to you something that looks like a part of your system that was fractured. I don't think this is physical. I think this is emotional. Someone was very close to you that did you very wrongly, that hurt you very badly, a family friend or a, or a friend in your circle. The Lord is giving you healing this morning. Complete total healing. Complete and total healing. The waves of glory are upon you. You will no longer mourn over that issue. You will no longer mourn. There's deep healing taking place right now. And you're going to be fully restored. We proclaim that for you in the name of Jesus. So. One of those days. Uche. After Esau had been tormented, afflicted, mocked by antelopes and roebucks and even rabbits. Ordinary rabbit. Mocked. The guy was going home. 
maybe, you know, some game dejected and all of that, just tired, stressed out. He gets home and G-Boy was fixing himself some home meal. <laughs> Chef J, right? Chef Jake, come on. Boom. You know, making himself some, some porridge. Cooked a stew. <laughs> stew. Everywhere. <sighs> and you know, when you're going through emotional stress, things are heightened. Your emotions are heightened. If it's anger, it's heightened. If it's depression, it's deepened. Yeah. The world looks very black when you're wearing sunshades of grief. So Esau is coming from a stressful life. The Bible says he was what? Weary. He was weary. He came in from the field. And some of us, we've come from the field of business weary. The field of industry weary. The field of ministry weary. And so he comes there. Give me the next verse. And you know, he said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew. For I was weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom, which means red stew. Red porridge. That's where the Edomites came from. Right? Because, of course, he traveled to a place and he built his own city and everything. And Jacob said to him, why did he say? Sell me your... Ah, ah. What a trade. I've said it before. The devil doesn't trade fair, even if he hosts a trade fair. This was not a... Okay, ah, put us to... You can buy a white house or lie or the booker down the street. Man, this guy, your capitalism is not from here. In fact, your own is not capitalism, it's decapitalism. You want, you want to cut this guy's head, like, finish him. Dorkan, right? Sell me your birthright now or not tomorrow. Now that you're vulnerable, now that you're weak, now that you're tired. Can I just tell you, we'll talk about negotiation some other time. It won't do an uh, occupation series. Don't negotiate when you're weary. That's why I advise people, before you say yes to a relationship or a marriage, make sure that it's not your emotions that are making the person more colorful than they are. Because everything is heightened when you're emotional. Are we feeling this? When you're angry, they've just done you bad. That's not the time to go and buy land. You will not see the things that just calm down first. Because something is coloring your judgment and it's called hurt or offense or bitterness or uncertainty. So as of this day, verse 32, what does Uncle E say? And Jesus said, look, <laughs> I am about to. Now, Uncle Jacob, stop exaggerating your problems. Look at somebody say, stop exaggerating the problem. Some of you have said, my mother is a witch, she's a witch, she's a witch. Which is which? My brother, I know my brother, my brother is of the devil. You are exaggerating for some of you. But for many of you. It's because you are weary. 
And when you're weary, you will replace the state with the person. The fact that somebody is in a state where they are behaving like a witch does not mean they're a witch. Are you seeing that now? Anybody who caught only that single frame of Jesus on the cross, saw him on the cross alone in that single state, will say this is a weakling. He's a criminal. So you can't judge people with one frame. God looks at the video of your life, not the throwback pictures. Is that Utah I see this morning? It's good to see you, Utah. Welcome. Is that your brother? Hi, brother. What's your name? Chijoke. God bless you. Welcome. Do you guys have sibling squabbles sometimes? <laughs> that look is like, let me not talk. Oh. Before the squabble will continue after the message. I'm about to die. That's what he says. I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? In other words, to say, I see death, you're talking about birth. Now, we know that Esau was exaggerated. How do we know? Science tells us that you can do without oxygen for about two minutes. You can do without water, I think, for about seven days or something. Seven days, right? And you can do without food for about 21 days or 40 days even. About 40 days without, without food if you're drinking water and fluids. Are you following that? After 40 days, they can't guarantee anything. Engine can knock. <laughs> I remember the longest fast I've done in my life was seven days dry. By dry, not breaking. You don't understand? But by the fourth day, as I'm not breaking, not, I'm not even sure I was I wasn't even drinking water. I remember this one. This one, I was not drinking water. Seven days. It was Ayobami and I way back in school. On the fourth day, we became the prayer points. <laughs> you stop, you know, your prayers will move from Labatoko, Sivadoba, Visobalua, Sindobo, from the egg by me, egg by me, egg by me. <laughs> bye bye, bye bye. <laughs> and by the fifth day, you are now. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are now. <laughs> Making intercessions with groanings. Mm. 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 Uh. <laughs> so, so we, we know he was exaggerating. He possibly, <laughs> he, he possibly ate the day before. So we know he was not going to die. We know he was not going to die. So now he steals the birthright. Give me the chapter where the father blesses him. He steals the birth. Well, he doesn't steal technically. He takes it unfairly, unjustly, right? And then when it's time for the father to die, ha, ah, this, this is Jacob, he did Esau Badu. Very, very bad. Let me tell you why. This is how I know that God is a God of mercy. Because when God introduces himself, he does not say I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. He said I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, before you count somebody's out, consider they might be in the lineage of grace. Fear God, oh. One of the things that's helped me in letting go and forgiven is... Why should I hold somebody that God has forgiven? This God is a dangerous, the one I say dangerous, is he, is, you need to fear him. 
he will look at this Jacob with all this mess. Serious mess, but still have mercy. The enemy will say, mess, see, mess, see, mess, see. God says, mercy, mercy, mercy. He still says, I'm a God of Jacob. The God of the messed up one. The God of the cheats. The God of the unfair trader. The God of the evil, the arrogant, the prideful. The God of the seemingly lazy, opportunistic, tribalistic, racist. I'm the God of that. So when you worship God sometimes, you don't worship because of what he can do for you. Worship because of what he has chosen to do for other people. In spite of how messed up you and they themselves know that they are. It's, it's, it's a different paradigm. It broadens your perspective of God. You cannot keep God in a single strand of your theological convenience. God has to be like, you don't, you don't even know who God is. Sorry, you know him in Christ. Amen. You're getting to know more of him. It's deep. The Bible calls him a fearful and dreadful God. David had a glimpse of that. He said, it came near not this one. Uh, okay, yeah. When, just give me some verses before this. Some verses before this. Uh, verses before this. I want from like, sort of like beginning of the story now. Jacob was old and was advanced in years. And then he said to his son, fast the media. Is somebody getting the picture? It's amazing. I always overprepare. Um, so I had seven points I was going to give you in this same first service. So. <laughs> so, you know, I told my wife, I said, maybe I should stop preparing for messages. Because I always overdo anything I'm committed to, including sermons. Right? She's going to be like, Peter, you, you know you're not going to do seven points? Right. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and advanced his years, eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called. Who was called? He called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered him, Here I am. Next verse. Then he said, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. So he saw it coming. Now, therefore, please, by the special grace of Almighty God, you will not die before you are ready to. By the special grace of Almighty God, like the patriarchs, they will know that their time was up. They will be able to see it. May, may we enjoy the blessing of longevity in this house. Amen. That it won't catch you by surprise. I know things happen, but many times for a believer, that person will sense it. And according to God's covenant, it's supposed to be at the end of your assignment or at the end of a long and prosperous life. We proclaim that over this house that no matter what's happening around in the generations of mankind the Lord preserves you the Lord secures you in the name of Jesus now therefore the father even said please take your weapons your quiver your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me in other words this one is not old thing I just wanted to do this for me why so when a patriarch calls you, or a father in the faith, a spiritual person, give me the next verse, calls to do something, many times it's not because they just want to get happy. This is the reason. It says, make me savory food. Smelling nice food, tasty, such as I love. Bring it to me that I may eat, and my soul may bless you, Shandabaka. Soul 
may bless you before I die. Mm -hmm. Now Rebekah was listening. When Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to game and to bring it. <laughs> went to bring the game. Not knowing that I was a victim of somebody else's game. Verse 7. Quick, let's, let's run. Quick. Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat to them, bless you in the presence of, of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I commanded you. Uh, so far. Go now to the flock. Do, 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 do. Keep skipping. Mm -hmm. Keep skip. Just keep giving me the verses quickly. When, yeah, okay, uh, now I wanted to see where I spoke to Jacob. Jacob. Where she spoke to Jacob. <sighs> Go before that, before that, before that. I need context. Uh, before that. So Rebecca spoke to Jacob and son saying, indeed, I heard. Somebody say information is power. I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother saying. That's why I like to have my notes. All right. Are you ready for me? Bring me a game and make several food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord my Father. Verse 8. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Verse 9. Go to the flock. Verse 10. Uh, then shall I take it to your father, and may eat it, and I may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Two different people. Now, it already tells that even naturally, if they hugged, there will be friction. Are you getting that? If you hug him, very hairy man, there will be friction, right? So some of you, the friction you have is nothing deep or spiritual. It's just difference in outlook. You are hairy, I'm smooth. So when we hug, so when you speak, you are loud. Me, I'm subtle. So I always feel you are shouting. When I'm just expressing myself. Why are you raising your voice? Why are you shouting? I'm just talking passionately. All the shouters feel vindicated. You too, why are you shouting? In the second service, I'll teach you a couple of things that we can use because I need to wrap it up. And I'm a smooth-skinned man. Look at the next verse now. Next verse. Perhaps my father will feel me, touch me physically, and I shall seem to be a deceiver. Are you seeming? Are you not? your hand he said my no not not this hand i mean like your arm he said it's going to feel me and go like ah even though i can't see i can still feel this this skin is too smooth to be to be your esau's skin this is jacob's skin right is i shall seem to be able to see deceiver to him and i shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing next verse but his mother said to him let your curse be on me my son deep right only obey my voice and go get them for me next verse and he went and got them and brought them to his mother who made the food rebecca who knows what the father likes look at says look at someone say mommy knows and mommy knows it 
Who knows how many cubes of Maggi should be inside? What temperature the soup should be boiling at? Whether you should use ugu leaves or bitter leaf. Who knows? Who made the food? Such as his father loved. Next verse. Quickly, please. She put the skins of the kids. Uh, Rebecca took the choice clothes of her eldest son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her youngest son. Put the skins of the kids of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Look at someone say, This family, they had problems. This is the same way Jacob's wife went to go and steal Laban's carvings. First Act 77. All the gravy. You know, like those people that stole our Benin artworks. They will put it in their museums. Africa is going to rise. Next series is the rise of kings. But we need to get family right before you could raise kings. So put that, see skimming, skimming, smooth part of his neck. So that if he holds his neck, ah. All right, continue. Verse 17. Then she gave the silver food and the bread, which she had prepared into the hand of her son, she, so he went to his father and said, uh, my father, and he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, how is it? Hey! Oh, one other time I will preach redemption from this. Because even though this is a scheme of man, it is an imperfect illustration of redemption. What's the imperfect illustration of redemption? Esau has the birthright. He's the firstborn son. He's the one that should have the blessing of the father. Jacob is the one who should not have the blessing of the father. Jesus Christ is like Esau who goes into the fields of mankind and conquers for us. Come on somebody. And then he literally gives up his own birthrights so that we can be born into his blessings and that Jacob is like us trying to scheme with our own good works and manipulation and all but the Rebecca is like the Holy Spirit the spirit of reconciliation who knows what the father likes who delights in the heart of the father who knows how to make a presentable sacrifice and cook it together make all things work together the garlics the leeks the vegetable together for our good and then the mother Rebecca the Holy Spirit puts upon us the robe of divine righteousness so that even though we are not Esau, we can feel like Esau in the spirit. We can be covered like Esau. Oh, come on, somebody. We can be covered like Esau in the spirit, my God. So that when it is that Jacob said, when the father Isaac said, how did you find it so quickly? In other words, it took Jesus' entire life. But in just one prayer of faith, you are translated from death into life. Come on, somebody. How did you get righteousness so quickly not by the works of your humanity or your canality but by faith in Christ just the same way Jacob placed his faith in Rebecca but place our faith in God through the ministry of the Holy Spirit come on somebody so Isaac said this is the 
voice of Jacob, but it's the feeling of Esau. So when we come in the place of prayer, that's why we pray in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, a strong tower, or our cloak, our fur, our skin, our covering. So the Father cannot say no to us. He gives us the blessing because we are now blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Can you give God praise and glory for the gift of reconciliation and redemption? Can we give God praise that this is the voice of Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Jesus? Hey! I feel like preaching. Look at somebody say, I'm redeemed. Say, I'm reconciled. Say, I'm accepted. I am beloved. I am covered. By the way, it was the skin of the goats. That means that the lambs had to die. The goats had to die. So when Jesus shed the blood, he redeemed for us the cloak of righteousness. That's why in the Old Testament, it's called a robe of righteousness. But in the New Testament, it's not just the robe, it's the nature. Chain. I haven't preached like this in a long time. Look at somebody say name. Ah, yes. Lord, he said this is the voice of Jacob, but the hand is the hand of Esau. Now, the natural father was confused. The spiritual father is not confused. He knows. That this is Olusheh, it is not Jesus. But as long as Olusheh is in Jesus, your life, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. But guess who's confused now? Principalities and powers. Kayabasa. Shopalaya. Was she not the girl we molested at 17? How come she's ministering for the sick now and they're getting healed? Was it not the boy that grew up without his father? How come many people are calling him father now? Was it not the one that failed out of school? They are confused because they know a bit of your soul's past, but they don't know a glimpse of the spirit. They do not see what the Lord has ordained concerning you. For the wind blows wherever it listed. Nobody knows where it's coming from. Nobody knows where it's going to. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit of God. You are an enigma. You confuse the devil. You make him wonder what's going on. Because when you pray, angels are deployed. What is man that art mindful of him? Of the Son of Man that you visit him. You have made him a little lower than Elohim. Your Bible calls it angels, but actually Elohim in the original text. So he said the voice of Jacob, well, the hands are the hands of Esau, verse 23. Are you really my son? He said he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother's Esau's. He said, are you really my son? He said, I am. This boy, you're lying. Are you really my son? Welcome, babe. Bring it near to me. I will eat of my son's game. So my soul may bless him. So he brought it near to him and he ate. Look at somebody. Say, I didn't prepare the food. But daddy loves the food. 
So even thank God for Phil Thompson when I said, here's my worship. But do you know the meal now? The meal now is not something you're bringing externally. He said, present your body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable worship. So the sweet aroma that Esau presented, that Jacob presented, was food that was made. But now you are the aroma of God, the fragrance of God. That when God smells your worship, that's why I don't like you when people are dull and quiet. Every time you make a shout or a sound, God says, that's my child. I bought that one too. I adopted that one too. And she's as proud of me as I'm proud of her. Oh, she's not going to shout about a worldly celebrity. Mother, she shouts about Jesus. She's not good. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are the fragrance. Brought in near ate, brought him the wine, drank. And then verse 26, his father said to him, oh yeah, come now, kiss me. He said, the father, the, the, uh, the uh, mother knew all of that that was going to happen. Because once I put this here, you know, kissing in the, in the Hebrew culture was intimacy or acceptance. That's why the Bible says, kiss the son, let it be angry, be intimate with the son. He knew, that's why he put the fur around the neck. Are you getting there now? Look at somebody say, the Holy Spirit covers every part of me. So even my neck, the vulnerable area, the place of intimacy is wrapped up with Christ. With the skin of the animal that was sacrificed for my covering. So now, he said, come, 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 come help me. No, no, sorry. Babe, come help me. I'm sorry about, you, you know. Oh, yeah, kiss me. Verse 27, verse 27, then he came here and kissed him. Two things, he was doing investigative journalism. I want to, I want to feel you and I want to smell you. And he smelled the smell of his clothing. This is the reason the mother did not just put the four of the goats. The mother took the clothes of Esau. So the believer has two dimensions of possibilities. There's the cloth of righteousness, but there are garments of glory. The cloth of righteousness, my God. The cloth. We're supposed to be settling squabbles, but let's give you a foundation for reconciliation. Because once you don't get this, everything will be technique. Everything will be, you know, story. So now that you're shouting now, when we now say you should become the Jesus that is sacrificed in second service, I hope you will. Are you getting that? I'm leading you somewhere. Right? So the, the cloak of righteousness comes from the God that dies. But the garments of glory is from the man who lives forever. Are you getting this now? So for my righteousness to be bought, Christ died. But for my glory to be secure, Christ had to be reason. Because glory is not for the dead. Glory is for the living. That's why Jesus said God is not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. Once your physical body drops here, he says your spirit will not, will not be naked. There is a heavenly garment. There is a garment of Christ. There is a shirt of Esau that wraps up your spirit and a wondrous applause as your ushered into everlasting glory in the heart of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? So even whilst you're on earth, you are 
Shipakata. In other words, the shirt you're wearing is bigger than you. Because your big brother's shirt. What does it mean? This glory is not my glory. It's heavier than me. This is not my gift at work. This is not my anointing at work. I didn't go to the shop of the tailor, but he clothed me. I didn't pay for the fabric, but he clothed me. I didn't pay for the measurement, but he clothed me. Because I'm not just covered with God's skin. I'm covered with my brother's clothes. I'm covered with Jesus' glory. I'm covered with the life of God. That is why God doesn't just give you the gift of sonship. He gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of glory. The justification of the believer is evidenced through the gift of righteousness. The glorification of the spirit of this believer comes through the progressive operation of the spirit of glory in that believer. Are you getting this now? Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field. We're going, why? Why won't it be? He saw has been wearing. How many of you know that your clothes have smells? Some of the smells, very good. Some. The only good thing about it is that you've stopped spending money on fleets, red and big on. Because the shirt is doing just fine. And choking all the roaches and all the creepy crawly. You choke. That shall choke. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven. Of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. See, blessing. Dew of heaven. This boy, dew has never touched you because you were already mild in the tent. So, things that you didn't fight for, the Father gives you. Fatness of earth. He's of earth. Yeah, homeboy. He was a homeboy. The Bible was mild, dwelling in the tent. Any small thing, man, tender. Love me, Jeje. Love me, tender. And I'm tender. He used to eat the tenders of the food as well. It's a fairness of the earth. You will receive it. Plenty of grain and wine. Verse 29. Please, you may be seated, man. Verse 29. It said, let people serve you. And let nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren. I don't understand. Then let your mother's sons. Ay, 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 ay bow down to you, which means that they had other sons, right? They had other sons, because about to die now. So it's not a future. Your mother's sons, those other boys that we do, we are not told about, they will bow down to you. Uh-huh, continue. Going somewhere. Continue, please, media. Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise. Sorry, I'm not trying to be bad though. But this is oftentimes what happens when you come in the work of the flesh. Your own good works. You always come late. Because the prophetic delineation of the dispensation of divine treasures concerning your life was factored in by the grace of Christ, not by the labor of yourself. As the primary driver, you will need to work because all this homeboy life that Jacob did not do, he did it 20 years. Uh-huh. Just keep that in mind somewhere. <laughs> he said, let my father arise. So this is how people now do it. They're not saying, let God arise. Let his enemies be 
I'm not saying don't sing that song, but if you sing, you're singing with revelation, not desperation, or not just desperation. Eat of his son's game, and your soul will bless me. Verse 32. Verse 32. And, fa and his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? And he said, I am your son. Uh-uh, daddy. Your firstborn, Esau. Ah. Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly. The father was, was shaken. What have I done? Said, who? Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? Ah, I ate it all up. I licked my lips. I smacked my tongue. Oh. So I blessed him. And this shall be blessed. Permanent. Because where I brought that thing from, men don't go there twice. Give me, give me the next verse. Give me the next verse. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried. That was like laughing. Was it like that? Peter cried. Peter cried. I said, Father, bless me also. My father, bless me also. Bless me also. Staccato Allegro Telemundo Lagado The musical Staccato There are Latin expressions for musical <laughs> But he said Your brother came with the seat and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob, supplanter? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now, what has he done? Can I announce the song? I wish, tell me what, what has he done? Ah, Lord, how am I going to redemption with this? Next verse, please. And now, he has taken away my, show us that. Blessing. What's going on with media? I'll just be using my, my phone. So please, can I mention something to you? There are two aspects of the work of God in your life. There's birthright. There's blessing. The fact that you have the birthright does not mean you're operating in the blessing. <laughs> you want to come and drop an offering? Oh. I see. Look, he has taken away a blessing and said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Give me some consolation. I've slaved all my life for this family. All the meat you've been eating came through my sweat. Can you not give me one? Reserve something. Look at what it said. Isaac said, Indeed, I have made him your master. This is the reason when we begin to talk about the rise of kings, talk about the power of words. And second, we talk about words as well. Enthronement can happen by decrees. Nothing had changed physically, but it says, See, let me tell you, this was I've spoken. Jacob is your master. This words in the spirit, something 
I'm a patriarch. I mean, then he didn't call himself a patriarch, but he knew us from a lineage of covenant. And said, this, this was the way Abraham blessed me. You know, he gave the other sons gold and silver. I said, he gave Isaac his all. How? Words. And did I have made him your master and all his brethren and I have given to him as servants with grain and plenty of wine. I have sustained him. What shall I do for you now, my son? Let's find a way around. Next verse. He said, he said, have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me also. Bless me. So he kept on pressing, kept on pressing, kept on pressing. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And there's nothing that breaks the heart of a father and a full grown man crying in his presence. Nothing. Right? Wept. And then the next thing, real quick, real quick. By your sword you shall leave and you shall serve your brother and it shall come to pass when you become restless. Shapulata, Bradakatazas, Zuvelemandus, Krikos Patuza. He said, See, this way, the way it is, it can't really change. But let me give you a back door. Let me give you a back door into a patriarchal resource base that will restlessness. All that is because my mother hated me. It's because my father didn't bless me. It's because my big brother went to a better school. He said, when you become restless, when you take matters of destiny into your hands, when you stop acting like a, like a general rambler, and you target this thing and you pour energy. He says you will break his yoke. Shabaya. In other words, there's a realm of restlessness that can break through even patriarchal blessings. He said, I've made you a master. They understood what master meant. Master is not boss that you have or CEO. Master is master and servant. And one of the signs is the servant had a yoke around his neck where the master could pull him in any direction. Pull him in any direction. We're not told what Esau did. But I pray, maybe it's one of the things that, I don't know, maybe it's one of the things that Paul saw when he was caught up in the third heavens. I know a man who was caught up in the third heavens 14 years ago. He says that no man is allowed to alter the things he saw. But I tell you what, even though the annals of history don't record what Esau did, the boy must have become violent. The boy must have become desperate. Because guess what? He ended up with a city called Edom. Even the one that has no blessing, he said this one, you can break it. Why? Because God blessed man. When God blessed man in the beginning, blessed all of mankind, the entirety of human race. So even a restless unbeliever can break into certain things. Unbeliever. Because God blessed. And don't forget, when man fell, man was not cursed by God. The ground was cursed by God. God didn't curse the man. God cursed the ground. That's also why Jesus had to be buried in the ground. So by breaking out of the ground, he broke the curse on the ground. These are redemption realities that you must know and attribute. Everybody must fail, may fail, but not me. I'm not, someone say I'm not allowed. 
I'm not allowed to fail. I'm not allowed to divorce. I'm not allowed to die before I finish. I'm just not allowed. It's not even something I'm hoping on. No, I'm not allowed by the program of God. I feel the power of God here. We're going to pray in two or three minutes, but I just want to show you something. I lay the context here so you can see the bitterness. As Jacob became a grown man, and you know many times when you're sequestered and shielded at home, you are, in, you are insulated from the hardship of life. Right? You don't know what it costs. Jacob didn't know the cost of living well. He was not a field boy. How many of you started your business in the last one or two years and now you appreciate maybe your husband or your brother or your sister or your parents better? People used to sponsor you or resource you because you're in the field now. So you now feel it. When Jacob went to his Laban, his uncle Laban's house, that's why he ran away from his father's house. He said, run, run, run. Your brother is angry. He's going to kill you. He runs to his uncle Laban's house without GPS. He found it. Because when you're desperate, you find a way. No sad now, you found it. See, some of you this year have resulted in the spirit. You're going to enter into seven figures. You don't know the way yet, but this preaching, all these teachings are programming you to generate, to attract, to develop, to give on that level. You don't have to see the way, but when the pressure is intense, the way will be paved for you. He runs to his brother's house. Laban showed him Pepe. Kai! Maybe the first day went to go and look after a sheep. The sheep pooped on him. Fine boy like me. Smelling like Aaron Bear. The next day, by, the, by, by month three, he was smelling the same way like sheep. He's there missing his brother Esau. Chai. Chai. Tears down his face, perhaps. Like, ah. I didn't used to play ten ten, play Ludo, play uh, Baba Salah, what do they call that thing? Baba Sue or something. I don't know what it is. Suede. Bum, 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 bum. Hopscotch. Sample did hopscotch so often they became drunk on the scotch. So they couldn't hop anymore. All of that stuff, life showed him. So when he became sober and he saw his brother afar before when he heard his brother was coming oh Lord God let me tell you what once you're in Christ you are not disadvantaged since you place your faith in the finished work that was 2,000 plus years ago that means that the covenant that Christ sealed for us was not sequestered to the limitations of time what also means by revelation knowledge whatever you lost in worldliness you can regain in godliness once you understand the tokens of the technologies of the covenant and the spirit once you are you have to understand it because don't forget you're blessed in your spirit but your soul must be educated so when he saw his brother was coming do you know when Esau was coming Esau that was supposed to be the master who was calling who servant now who called himself servant Jacob cause levels done how many guys did Esau have with him? Imagine 400 bodyguards. Bad guy in 20 years. A man without the blessing. 
I resolved at 17 because 17 was when I began to write about my future and I wrote about this woman in one green book wrote my goals she was inside that place inside that at 17 I just said to myself there's no and my body might be physically small but nothing in my life will end up small nothing make up your mind a man without a blessing one of the first things that changed my mind was Cain was cursed but the Bible says Cain built a city Ah. when I discovered that when I was about 17 or something or 18 or thereabout I was like what's going on here and people are saying they are blessed they are blessed they are blessed they are, they are borrowing money for transport fare there's something wrong go. there's something wrong with that equation this wrong what wrong now <laughs> so Jacob 400 years and 400 people Jacob divided his camp ah this Esau is coming 400 people to come and kill me not kilo. Key. Give me. So what does he do? He reconciles. In second service, I'll be showing you seven things you must watch. I also tell you seven stages of intimacy with God. There are different levels on, on the walk with not just God, but people as well. From conversation to oneness. There are different levels. There's communion, there's fellowship, there's unity, there's reconciliation, there's justification. They're different things. They're connected, but they're different. And oneness is the goal. So you have oneness on credit, but in actuality, almost no human attains it. That's why Paul says that I might be one with him. Shabanda says. I wanted to lay this foundation so that you can see that at the end of the day, this Jacob, this Jacob that was a schemer, manipulator, supplanter, tribalist, wicked person, and all of that, when God speaks about the covenant, I am. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, Jacob, because my choice is my choice. And I don't unchoose you because you missed the mark. Esau, you're missing the mark, and I need to align. Guess what? I'm going to fracture you to get it right. This is your stubbornness. Still didn't get it. Got to fracture you. And this is why I said God does not make you a patriarch until he allows opportunity for offense in your life or your system. Because you cannot be a proponent of reconciliation until you have to practice it yourself. Every man of God will be wounded. I've had a few wounds and no more will come. I pray not, but some might come from this house. David said a man that I supped with. Sopped with he was a person that betrayed me is the journey of a patriarch you cannot be a patriarch and, and you see there are many patriarchs who are wounded and some of them don't know is a test for the next level of patriarchy because there are levels of patriarchy you can be a patriarch in for a season you can be a patriarch for seasons you can be a patriarch for a generation you can be a patriarch for generations you can be a patriarch for legacy but one of the marks they're different tests one of them is the test of money. One of them is the test of loyalty. One of, the, one of them is the test of self-sacrifice. One of them is the test of offense. Even Jesus couldn't miss it. Even Abraham couldn't miss it. For Abraham, there was Lot. For Moses, there was Miriam and Aaron. People, your guys, your guys, your guys. This is the test. For Jesus, there was Judas. In the second service, I'll tell you the difference between Peter and Judas. Peter hurt Jesus, but his heart was right. Judas hurt Jesus. His heart was wrong. 
don't misplace the mistake of Peter for the wickedness of Judas and the way you deal with it is not just the why they did it but how they respond when you correct them I was standing I was going to give seven points on the service and this preamble if you can please stay for second service because I'll, I'll you know so Jacob comes and reconciles it's Jacob that runs sends gifts sends all of that but the base of all this teaching is no matter how bad that relationship is reconciliation is possible my wife knows there are people that I'm not in fellowship with at this time in my life I'm not in fellowship with certain people that my wife is aware of and the people are aware of them because when I'm not in fellowship with you I'm, I'm not I'll teach you how to get out of I don't want to talk you will talk me I'll talk and I'll let you know this are the reasons and that's why I talked about the seven levels of fellowship or, or uh, union there's fellowship but there's also communion there's oneness but do you know what I've not done I've not locked the door and thrown the key away for me in my heart the door is open because when you really understand the gospel ah for you to close the door eternally you need God himself to tell you kill it so it does not mean you will always remain your best friends there's some people that will not be my best friends again but I will visit you I'll pray for you I will love you I'll counsel you if, if you give me the opportunity to and when you begin to operate in this you're becoming patriarchal God is like I can trust you with generations I like what I see you I can reproduce this I can reproduce this it will hurt you it will pain you but I'll teach you how to process your pain in the second service and once you learn that your pain, your distance to healing will collapse from years to months to weeks. For me now, more often than not, as days. What lasts beyond the days for me is the confusion. I'm confused as to why some people can do certain things. I can't understand. And when I tell some of my friends, like, why are you confused? Say Peter was a good person. You give people credit too much. I'm sincerely confused. Like things I would never do in my life. But some people will do it and they will be. Have you seen those people? I'm confused. Can we just ask the Lord, thank you, or say to the Lord, thank you, because you've forgiven me. All my sins, all my sins, all my sins. Jacob was so messed up. Because for some of you, the squabble is within. Some of you have schizophrenia. You've not forgiven yourself. So you're fighting yourself. You sabotage yourself. So every time there's an opportunity, you still haven't forgotten what you did. So you think God is bringing, God is not bringing it up. You are the person always reminding God. But God, remember that you told me to give Pete Dams 100,000 naira three years ago, but I did not. Maybe that's why I've not, you think God is remembering that? If you repented from your heart, smoking, God, dude. Some of you, you spoke certain words. We'll speak about asking for forgiveness later men because don't forget the prodigal son I'll go back to my father and to my brothers my, my father's house so I'll cry out to God and to my father so reconciliation is not just I'm right with God you want to be right with men you want to be right with men you want to be right with men do you want to pray <laughs> Lord God we just thank you for the simplicity of this moment, God. 
I know that you're doing great work, deep work in all of our hearts. You're reminding many of us of certain things we said or refused to say, certain things we did or refused to do. And in the service, we just want to expose our hearts afresh to the reality of reconciliation, the possibility that you are able to heal the toughest of relationships, the harshest of tensions, the most difficult of frictional engagements. You are able, God. You are able to move us from division and fracture to intimacy and oneness. You are able, God. Father, expound those words in our hearts. Amplify this message in our subconscious. Decorate us with the mysteries, your koinonia, to understand the mercy seat is in the deepest parts of the temple. And the mercy is not just when we like it or we prefer it, but even when we are shaken and shaken from hurt and offense, we can say, God, I'm angry. But because you forgive me, I can let go of this one too. Lord, empower us with the grace that is already within. Let us not leave weak and powerless, but let the might of our inner man be activated, configuring our decision-making processes, helping our judgment, and helping us to operate from the place where we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Far above all offense, free from all entanglements, letting go of all baggage and bitterness, walk in the reality of reconciliation. We give you praise, our Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. 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 Did somebody get something this morning? generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org. And send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.